Welcome to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. This is your forum for exploring and discussing challenges that are faced by public and nonprofit leaders. And now, here's Dr. G. Good afternoon, and thank you for tuning in to Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. I'm Cheryl G., and I bring you greetings from the Neighborhood House Association in San Diego, California. I'll be one of your hosts for the hour. Today, joining me for this panel of Got Leadership Challenges? I hope you're calling in and emailing in those questions. Joining me on, the, on our panel discussion will be our co-host, Jenny Fermer, who's the Associate Executive Director for Alpert, Alpert Jewish and Family Services in West Palm Beach, Florida. Jenny, thank you for being on the line. Thank you so much. Yes, and also as a guest host today and serving on our panel, we'll have Andre Howard, who's Vice President of Intellectual Capital, and uh, he is with the Alliance for Children Family Services in Milwaukee. Am I right, Andre? You are correct. Beautiful Milwaukee, Wisconsin. All right. So glad to have you on the line as well, Andre. Thank you for having me. Mm-hmm. And um, also scanning our emails and um, here to make sure that your voices, if you're sending them in via email, get answered. Uh, we have uh, Valerie Wright, our associate producer, who will be um, sharing those questions with the panel. Valerie, thank you for being on the line. Thank you, Dr. G. All right. So, again, today our format is pretty open. We don't have one particular topic, but we just have a broad um one might say, range of leadership challenging questions that myself and our um, co-host and panelist will be endeavoring to respond to. So um, with that, I know I'm looking at seeing that we have one caller on hold, and um, I guess we can send her on through. Yes, this, uh, good afternoon. This is Mar- My name is Maria. Hi, Maria. Thank you for calling in. Thank you for having me. Um, there's a new study about the rise of Asian Americans, and it says that Asians now make up the largest number of uh, new immigrant arrivals bypassing Latinos. And from a leadership perspective, what can be done to address this new climate? Okay, great question. And, Maria, you're coming to us from San Diego? Yes, it looks like my, my producer saying. Okay, great. Thank you so much for calling in. Andre or Jenny, would you like to uh, respond to it? it? Maria, you said that that was an article. So where was that article published? That was in the Union Tribune, San Diego. And the okay. research was through um, the Pew Research Center. Okay, great. Andre or Jenny, any thoughts with regards to... Uh, what Maria has just posed? Well, it's really kind of obviously on the spot thinking, um, but I always think that as organizations we really need to be culturally competent. And so um, if we really know that there are going to be or currently are trends in terms of changes in workforce, then I think as organizations, just as we are trying to understand and integrate all different kinds of of cultural groups, uh, even intergenerational kinds of issues and tensions within the workforce and specifically in the workplace, I think that those are without, you know, having any or having read the article, 
um, that would be my initial kind of take on anything related to how we prepare ourselves is cultural competence is really about an organization, in my opinion, having a policy about how we respond to, obviously, clients, how we respond to workforce needs, how we understand and integrate different cultures. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Andre, any thoughts you would add? I would just add on. I mean, I think Jenny put it very well. Um, I think the key is going to, again, uh, be in making sure uh, that we certainly understand some of the uh, the cultural, again, dynamics um, uh, with uh, the Asian population so that, again, we know and understand what it means to communicate appropriately. We understand uh, what it means to work well together. Um, we understand what uh, uh, perhaps some of the challenges have been uh, from the past uh, in terms of, of of integrating the Asian community and population, um, not only in our communities but into the workplace. So I think becoming very cognizant and aware uh, of some of those uh, cultural paradigms uh, around language, around um, building teamwork, um, around uh, perhaps some of the challenges in the past that we've had perhaps is probably something we need to certainly consider. The other, the other piece, of course, is that we should look at this as a, as a great opportunity uh, in terms of further, um, you know, engaging this great melting pot experience that, uh, uh, that America enjoys and, and really uh, think about this as an opportunity to learn um, uh, for for those who of us who are not uh, in, in Asian from Asian culture to to learn more uh, and to uh, understand that there's great synergies when we can bring uh, true diversity from various perspectives into the workplace and so I think you know not only is this a learning uh, opportunity but this is an opportunity for us to continue to grow and to appreciate the the differences and and what it can add uh, to, uh, in the workplace and, and ultimately uh, to clients being served or or, or stakeholders being served, I, I think that's also key to keep in mind as well. All right. Well, good. I mean, very much so. And, you know, I might add, Maria, and Jenny, you kind of touched on the policies, and I would just add making sure that our policies and our practices are inclusive and um, doing more around the area of um, inclusion and cultural competence and engaging in some of the basics, such as listening, that's required to um, to develop trust and establish trusting relationships, not only amongst those of us in our workforce, but also being aware of what that means as it relates to those we're serving in the community. Maria, thank you so much for um, calling in today with your question. Yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. And then, Valerie, do you have a, questioning from, a question from our listening audience that um, you'd like to uh, pose for us? Yes. <clears throat> Excuse me. I have Vince from Georgia. Um, his question states, I have heard a lot about leaders having the competency to lead. What key competencies do leaders need in order to develop a high-performance organization? And can you discuss the adage that leaders are born, not made? Hmm. Okay. Andre or Jenny, which would you like to go first with the response? I love that question about the, I know there was the first part of the question, but I really want to respond to the whole nurture nature thing mm-hmm. um, as it relates to leaders because that is a dialogue and a struggle I have with, with the in kind of myself in the leadership position all the time. I'm constantly looking for 
the potential for leadership in people that I work with. And so my take on leadership, and there are many takes, but my take is that leadership can go a long time, just like a kernel of popcorn. <laughs> I know it's a strange analogy, but, you know, sometimes the oil doesn't just quite hit the kernel at the right spot at the right temperature, and then suddenly it pops. And I think that's somewhat of what leadership is. I think that everyone has an innate potential for leadership. It just means that sometimes the environment or a mentor relationship or something hasn't quite, just like the analogy of hot oil temperature being in the right place in the right time in the right spot to pop like a kernel would. Mm-hmm. Great. Andre, anything you'd like to add? Yeah, I mean, you know, again, I think, I mean, competencies have been defined in so many different ways um, since the dawn of time around leadership. But, you know, you think about the basics such as, you know, effective communication skills, what it means to work within the team, um, you know, creative problem solving, you know, having adaptive interpersonal skills are so important, uh, uh, being self-directed, having a, cer- a certain sense of independency, uh, being flexible, um, I-, I think are all uh, strong competencies of great leaders. Uh, in terms of the question around uh, born or made, uh, let me say I think it's a mix. I, you know, it, you know, years ago, there used to be this thing called the great man theory, uh, the trait theory is the other name given to it, that, you know, um, you know, leaders were born with certain characteristics and certain innate um, traits. Um, uh, but I think over time we have learned that uh, that's not always necessarily the case, um, and that certainly I think leaders grow uh, over time, they're developed over time into becoming strong, effective leaders. Now, uh, I do believe that, you know, certainly uh, having, um, you know, to the ta- bringing to the table some sense of intelligence and some, uh, some sense of those things which we are born with um, are there, but I think we take those uh, pieces and, and, and those are kind of um, developed over time and, and we grow them over time, we invest in them, we cultivate them over time, and so I truly think that certainly there's a baseline of what leaders certainly may bring to the table when they're born, but I think those those lay dormant if we don't act on, on them, if we don't uh, cultivate them, if we don't really nurture them and, and encourage those kinds of things to happen. So so I'm a blend between the, the born and the growing of attributes in terms of leadership. Yeah, and I support the same, um, Andre and Jenny. I, 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 um, I think that we all have some things that we come into the world with that can work for us, and there may be some things that might be challenging for us. And through awareness, we can self-manage ourselves in a way that can support us in being effective um, as we engage and we learn things in the environment around us. Yeah. I think I'd add also to the uh, great competencies that you mentioned, Andre, for Vince to consider as it relates to um, vision. I think vision is so important for a leader to have and to be able to communicate that vision um, and then just the ability to understand and know well enough what is expected of them and those around them so that they can provide um, effective direction and support to those that they are leading and to have um, 
all those skills that roll into being able to take care of what needs to happen now with also being able to figure out a strategy for what needs to happen in time to come. So then hopefully that gives you some things to think about relative to uh, the question that you've posed regarding leadership competencies, and I'm sure there's um, many others out there to consider. Uh, Thanks again, Vince, for your question. Okay. Looks like we need to move into uh, taking a break. And so with that, I'm going to ask our um, listening audience to continue to email in those questions. I know, Valerie, you've told me you got a few in the queue. We'll look forward to taking some of those after the break, as well as having more of you call in and ask your questions yourself. So please stay with us. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders, Inspiring Solutions. business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or email G at dr.g at innovisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Technology is changing the way we live our lives and how we do business. On CIO Talk Radio, we talk about the benefits of technology and the great things it allows us to do, as well as its risks. Heard every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, Sunjo Gall interviews business leaders and other experts that are shaping the way we use technology. To learn more about this show, visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Keep up with the changing world of technology and listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjo Gall. Listen in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, right here on Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to dr.g at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. Association in San Diego, California. Also on the line, sharing as co-host today, we have Jenny Firmer, who is um, 
the Associate Ex- Executive Director of Alpert Jewish Family and Children's Services, located in West Palm Beach, Florida. Jenny, thank you again for being on our panel today. My pleasure. Thank you. And thank you. And our guest host is Andre Howard with the Alliance for Children and Family Services based in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Thank you, Andre. Thank you, Dr. G. Yes, and Andre is with the Alliance for Children and Family Services that is based in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. That's correct. Okay, and I think that we had a caller on the line. Um, have they been put through yet? Hello? Yes. Hi, Cynthia? Hi, this is Cynthia from San Diego. Great, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. I had a question today uh, regarding a coaching challenge, and this is with someone who's been thrust into a leadership position prematurely without being fully prepared. What are some specific tools um, that you would recommend to help this person in his development process so that he can become an effective leader? And I was listening to the last question about cultivating first and nurturing, but how would we cultivate someone who's learning on the job? Wow, that's a very um, good question and a very challenging space to be in. Mm-hmm. Andre or Jenny, either of you have any thoughts on that? Um, around coaching, um, you know, I, I, it is a big question. I agree with you, Cheryl, and I think the challenge is that at the end of the day, for me, it really is about relationship and how one can establish a good working relationship to kind of then be able to negotiate through some of these challenges and be able to talk about the gaps and what might be needed to to help develop some of those skills as well as nurturing. Yes, and, and I like the mentoring ideal, Jenny. I think that when someone is being developed for leadership, um, they may have a great running path to go to a training program and kind of get um, get their their feet wet and their mind adjusted prior to stepping into that position. But it sounds like if this person's already in the position, that person having a mentor who can help them or a coach that can help them is probably going to be important um, to support them if they've kind of done a little misstepping. Um, already, and then also sending them to, you know, finding out really what's the uh, what's their level of responsibility within the organization. Is it a first-level supervision or mid-level senior? Um, and sending them to the appropriate level leadership training might be the best way to kind of shore them up along with that person who's mentoring or coaching them in the workplace. Um, Andre, any thoughts from yourself? Yeah, I, you know, I think... Um you know, I think one key as well is perhaps uh, pushing back on the one that's developing to um, um, really be creative and think about solutions in terms of their own challenges uh, and, and allow him or her to reflect upon their own um, leadership capacities in terms of how they would deal with certain challenges and put the ball back in their court. I think the other the other piece, and, and, and maybe Dr. G and Jenny, there, there could be some debate around this, is, you know, sometimes it's not uh, the right time for one to be a leader. I mean, I think we all, all um, fall into the notion that everyone can be a leader and everyone can lead, and, and sure, to a certain degree, but, you know, there's a context that also has to be applied to that. Uh, I think sometimes reality comes down to uh, everyone isn't um, uh, positioned nor um, can they become 
um, an effective leader. I think that's a reality that sometimes we are challenged to um, batter back and forth with, but I think we need to have some real discussion around the, the whole piece. Can everyone be a leader? And I, I think certainly yes um, in, in certain contexts, but I think we also need to be honest with ourselves and say, you know, is this particular person going to be a good leader for our situation? And I think that needs to be vetted out uh, as part of that process. And just because someone comes in and they've been there for a long time or just because someone has had um, an opportunity to kind of uh, showcase a little bit of their, uh, their, their, their talent it doesn't necessarily mean that person is equipped to be uh, a leader. Um, and, and, and I'll further that thought by saying perhaps not becoming an effective leader over time, we, even with investment. Uh, so I think, you know, uh, initially starting out, we try to give individuals an opportunity. We try to allow them to kind of come up with solutions uh, for themselves in terms of how they will deal with challenges. We try to observe that individual uh, in, in action and give feedback as appropriate and as much as possible. But I think there's also a tie line there as well that says, you know what, after a certain period, uh, after a certain amount of effort, um, you know, perhaps that individual is not uh, positioned to be a leader. I'm not sure, Jenny, Dr. G, if you would agree with that, but I, yeah. I make that I make that that argument that everyone perhaps um, cannot be a leader, uh, given context, situations, place, those kinds of things. Okay. Andre, do you think we can say something? Um, sometimes there's a confusion between you know being a good supervisor, being a good manager, and being a good leader. Good point. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I think that in any of those positions, some leadership is required, and there are some basics, and I think both of you have touched on it for um, perhaps this person that Cynthia may be referencing. And, and I just will add to that just um, my thinking of the coach is to support this person in developing some self-awareness, see where they are as it relates to their emotional intelligence, see where they are as it relates to their um, organizational savviness, you know, just some basics on top of then some of those other things that we would anticipate that a young leader would come into um, a younger, and I say not as an age, but as someone who's who's new into leadership. And the other thing, Andre, that you said that I think really we have to also highlight is that sometimes someone's in a leadership position and we do a lot to try to help them make it at the expense of other employees because right. sometimes we've made a a bad call in placing someone there and you're building up all these things around them to help them be successful. And, you know, I am all for that to an extent. Mm-hmm. I think if it gets to the point where it, they, you've given some prolonged effort and some good effort into developing someone and it's just determined that they're just not, not quite ready for that position for the sake of others and the organization, sometimes they might need to be, be otherwise channeled. So mm-hmm. just another thought. So, Cynthia, thank you so much for that thought-provoking thank question. Thank you so much. Yeah. So, Dr. G, can I interject? Uh, oh, sure. If I can push on you and Jenny just a little bit. So, Dr. G, do you believe everyone can become a leader, I guess? I mean, uh, and when I say leader, an effective leader, I mean, you think everyone has the capacity to, to, to go there? I wouldn't say that I think everyone has the capacity to be an effective leader. I think that to the extent that people have the capacity to have self um, awareness, be able to self-regulate, develop emotional intelligence, be able to then, again, self-regulate. I think that um, people aren't all, not everyone is cut out for the leadership challenge. I think that um, 
No, I don't think everyone can do it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I don't have a nicer, no nicer way of saying that. Looks like, looks like we have another caller on the line. Hello? Yes, hi. Thank you for calling in. Hi, my name is Ariana Hood, and I'm a college student in Atlanta, Georgia at Spelman College. Thanks for calling in, Ariana. I was just wondering, um, as college students, we're always steered in the direction of working for a large company, and I was wondering what were some key skills that um, college students need in order to be their own leaders and own business owners? Okay, wonderful question. We've got an entrepreneurial spirit on the line. Um, Andre, Jenny, anyone want to respond to Ariana's question? I, uh, I always seem to jump in right, right in front of you there, Andre. Please, please, Jenny, go ahead. Um, I, I think that I, I find it really challenging to think, and maybe because it's my vision, and I think that leaders need vision. The context changes, but the vision is what drives us, I think, as leaders. And I would go back to just the other question for one quick second and say that I, too, agree that not everyone can be a, a really good leader. There are some really good people um, in terms of efficiencies and effectiveness um, that can become part of an organization and can contribute to kind of that organization's dynamic dynamic capabilities or capacities. In terms of what you might need to go out and be your own um, boss, I guess, because sometimes leadership and, and the whole concept of being a boss kind of gets all mixed in with one another. But if you're really looking at being entrepreneurial, um, for me, I keep coming back to the relationship piece because if one cannot develop good, really good working relationships, and that takes some emotional intelligence and it takes some understanding of, of being able to survey what's happening right here on the ground, but also be able to look from a more macro perspective as a leader, how looking down from the kind of 3,000-foot you know, perspective, always keeping on, on um, the true north kind of, so to speak, being a vision, then I still come back to relationships. We cannot really be a good leader without being very effective in developing, maintaining, enhancing relationships is, in my opinion. Okay, and, and I would echo relationships being real important as well. And I, I love the, the vision because I think that will be important, Ariana, for a um, anyone looking to go into a business um, setting. I think to help someone really become concrete about what it's going to take to get their business going, doing a business plan can help them begin to navigate what that might look like. And there's a, um, you could probably Google a website uh, for SCORE, and SCORE has templates on there that can be utilized to um, develop a business plan to really help them get grounded in um, their mission, their vision, their values, and some action steps as well as capital and all those other great things that have to be considered in developing that business plan. That's a great question, Ariana, and um, best to you you as you move through your your years. I hear someone wanting to interject. I think also, again, it would be important that she listens to uh, her her voice and and really um, think about what's 
a passion for her in terms of mm-hmm. of, of you know social uh, enterprise entrepreneurship it would be key as well. You know, find something that you're certainly passionate about um, and drive it, and put together the business plan, and surround yourselves with good mentors, good listeners, good advisors, uh, your own cohorts. I mean, you know, use them as sounding boards uh, as well as you think about the the process and pacing yourself uh, through this place. And understand, you know, Mm -hmm. failure is part of all of this too. So, you know, we can't get frustrated because of failure that it's part of becoming successful. So, uh, So even as you start to engage in this and you find yourself stuck a little bit and not, it turning out to what you want it to be, understand that's part of the process, but you have to continue to push yourself and to think about the ultimate end goal for yourself, and I think okay. those are key. And i got to put a comma right there because we got to go to break, but I'm going to um, invite you, Andre, when we come back to finish your thought. Okay. Um, Jenny, I heard that you're trying to make a comment too, so I'll let you do that. Ariana, again, I want to thank you for your thank thought-provoking you. question, and please stay with us. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders, Inspiring Solutions. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or email drg at dr.g at innovisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. Stock prices plunging, home prices receding, and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to dr.g at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Before we went to break, I thought I heard Jenny wanted to make a comment, but I was corrected. It was Valerie wanting to come on in and um, respond to Ariana, our last uh, caller's question. Valerie, yes. I want to just invite you to share your thoughts. Yes. Um, I would say to Ariana a couple of things. One is that um, 
going into business, she need to have the technical capabilities of what business she's going in. And I know that sounds simplistic and basic, but as a consultant, I have worked with a number of individuals who are interested in starting a business, and they're wanting to start businesses that they don't have knowledge of. And you need to have a basic level of knowledge about the business that you want to go into um, just because there are opportunities to build a bit uh to go into that area, you have to have a level of capability, and you have to be forward-looking in terms of where you're going. Uh, I think Jenny said, talked about vision, but it's constantly looking forward, and um, I think I would echo uh, Andre's statement about just be willing to fail. Uh, this is my second time around as an entrepreneur, and you can't be afraid of being told no, afraid of, um, you know, pushing and struggling to get to where you want to go. That's why I say you have to be forward-looking. Mm-hmm. Very good. Thank you so much. And, uh, Valerie, did you have another call from our audience? I do. I have a question from Derek in Florida. He asked, what leadership skills can a millennial bring to the table in a team atmosphere comprised of boomers? A lot of thinking here, huh? Yeah. Very good. Uh, Jenny or Andre, either of you would like to go first? I can I can kind of talk from experience on this one. Um, I think one of the challenges is for Millennium coming into an established, a well-established organization, um, what they, and obviously this is all generalization, but what they tend to bring is a whole different perspective in terms of passion in terms of technical knowledge um, and um, behavior. And I think that they have a lot to offer, but one of the challenges for Millennium walking into an organization is that before they can be embraced, um, they also need to be able to embrace that part of the organization that has a tremendous amount of knowledge. And until knowledge kind of transfer until they have the capacity to exploit knowledge, so to speak. I think it's really hard for them to help the organization and boomers, quote, um, create new knowledge Okay, that they can take a leadership role in. Mm-hmm. Um, Andre, anything you'd add? Yeah, I think, uh, I think Judy said it very well. Uh, you know, just to add to that, I think um, – you know, millennials, um, you know, come in with the idea that they can, you know, conquer the world and take on uh, the impossible, and that's a powerful spirit to have. Uh, I would certainly encourage uh, other generations to, to, to engage that, to, you know, not squash, obviously, the hopes and dreams of the millennials, but to certainly understand where they're coming from and to see if there might be an opportunity to work and to tap into that uh, that potential to capture the world in terms of, uh, you know, how does that transfer to the workplace? How does that transfer into uh, dealing with some of the, the big challenges that we deal with day in and day out? So I would encourage other generations to certainly, uh, you know, not, you know, just squash and just pick aside millennials as though they're these daydreamers, but to engage and tap into that curiosity and that spirit of, uh, of being able to take on um, the big the big pieces and the challenges. The other thing uh, is is um, you know millennials do have a sense of comfort um, with teams, and, and I think a lot of that 
plays into millennials want to be a part of the conversation. Don't discount me because, you know, I seem to be very young or out of sync or immature or or I don't have enough experience. We really need to um, make sure millennials are, are included in the process. We need to make sure that they can also help make some decisions and to, to certainly be able to share what the plan is and not just uh, discount them as, as being, um, you know, uh, non-knowing or, 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 or not mature enough to deal with those scenarios. So those are a couple of pieces that I would, would, would certainly add. But, you know, I think the beauty of all of this uh, certainly there are challenges with different generations in the workplace, but the beauty of it all is that when we can all find the strengths of each of these generations and work together, wow, what a powerful workplace. And, and so I think, you know, we need to always consistently try to work and trying to find what are our strengths and, and work on those and streamline those and, and build together. I think that's also uh, important. And, and I would add two things. Um, one is that as boomers, or regardless, if you're not a millennium, that we should really embrace and not be put off their capacity as millenniums to multitask. Right. So right. they can be sitting in a meeting, having a conversation, and of course I'm generalizing, responding to text messages, right. Right. making right. notes, and thinking 10 steps ahead Absolutely. of where this conversation's going. Okay. Very good. Well, thank you. Um, all for each of your responses to our callers. Sounds like we have another one on the line. Yes. Okay, and who's calling in? This is Gia from San Diego. Hi, Gia. Thank you so much for calling. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I have a question. Um, as an upcoming leader in my community, I am looking into joining a professional organization, but I'm having some difficulty identifying one. So if you can maybe tell me some things to look for before joining a professional organization. There are so many out there. Okay, very, very good question. Um, anyone want to jump in or you want me to kind of share some thoughts on that? Go ahead, Dr. G. Please We've been talking ahead. a lot. Okay. Um, Gee, I, I think my thoughts would be for you to think about what type of professional organization are you looking at joining and for what purpose. Um, and so, you know, if you're looking at doing something, so say, for instance, around coaching, then you might join a professional organization that's going to give you a network for us and some opportunity to grow in that coaching field. Or if it's HR, you might look at SHRM. Or if it's, so I would say, like, what line of work? Or is it just general networking with other professionals? Then you might look at some of the, um, some of the, um, young professionals, because that you were young, um, professional networking things that are available. The, the Urban League has a professional group um, in the San Diego area, and I'm sure that there are several others. There's the uh, National Management Association and yeah. so on and so forth. Andre or Jenny, anything you'd add that kind of trigger any thoughts? Um and I think that there are also, and I don't know if you mentioned this, that, that there are some groups that um, you don't have to pay dues where, like for the local, I know here in Palm Beach County there's Leadership Palm Beach County that has a, a, a prescribed, I think it's an 8- or 12-week uh, program where you get nominated, you go, you attach, and that way you learn about other leaders who are also emerging leaders trying to find their way as well from various organizations, tremendous amount of 
social networking, um, as well as opportunities. And so I think that there are the big ones. Um, I know, I'm, I'm sure both you, Cheryl, and also Andre have some input from, for example, membership organizations such as the Alliance as well. Absolutely. I mean, I think um, um, there are a number of young professional groups um, that are around, and we certainly can provide perhaps later uh, through Dr. G maybe a list of those. But, you know, I think the other side of that, too, is, again, you know, choosing the right organization, I think has been said already, is so very important. I mean, you know, working in a membership organization, I think about what are the keys uh, that we have to continuously think about as we provide value to our our members, and those, of course, include um, learning opportunities, uh, opportunities to network, opportunities to share in um, developing uh, resources to uh, further uh, one's advancement. I mean, those are all keys that I think one should keep in mind as you think about, you know, um, is this organization going to be right for me? Uh, so one that certainly provides a number of opportunities for you to develop is certainly a key to, to look for in all of that. Perfect. Great. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you so much, Gia, for calling in. No problem. And, Valerie, do you have uh, another call from our listening audience? I have a call from Lee in West Palm Beach, Florida. Uh, Lee wants to know, can you give a specific example of how a leader would approach something that a non-leader would not? Oh, wow. Well, um, one example that I can think of is um, we're going through an, an accreditation process right now with Council on Accreditation, and I've become very conscious of how we as an organization, um, leaders within various levels of the organization, kind of approach accreditation. A leader, in my opinion, from what I observe, really gets those other individuals to kind of buy in, helps facilitate a process, uh, really listens to input, um, and it's kind of more of maybe an organic process, even though it's really got a task, a vision, and it's time limited. I think a non-leader would be much more prescriptive. You know, you will do this, this will happen this way. Um, and there are times that leaders have to do that too. I'm not suggesting they don't, but I'm just thinking in terms of process, that might be one example that comes to mind right away. Please stay with us. We'll be right back, and then we'll move to our next listener. Keep those um, questions coming. Right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. 
Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or email Dr. G at dr.g at innovations.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Hey, did you know Voice America has partnered with the KidStar Network to expand their reach through Voice America Kids? Voice America Kids will feature talk radio for kids by kids along with special event programming and live broadcasts. Each program is conveniently archived for on-demand listening at any time. Please check our archives for the latest events and happenings on voiceamericakids.com. Zoom Leadership. It's the big picture issues of the day, up-close and personal capabilities of leadership, and a desirable future of constant renewal. Zoom Leadership. It's the economic crisis made clear, patterns and perspectives of leadership, and the importance of changing the way we pursue our future. Join host John Schmidt every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time. Zoom Leadership. An inside look at what's really going on in business, government, and civil society. Tune in every week on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to dr.g at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters. Andre, we said we let you finish your um, thoughts. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry about t- taking so much time. I get so no excited when we talk about leadership. I don't know. <laughs> I think my, my big point was that uh, from a leader's perspective, um, being able to to look at it more globally uh, versus someone who may not play a leadership role or who may not be a leader who looks at it very uh, linearly, and, and I think that's th- those are certainly, uh, to me, is, is, are the big differences in terms of how a leader thinks versus someone who may not be in that leadership role. Okay. Um, thank you, Andre, and thank you, Jenny. We have another caller on the line. Can you send her through, please? Hello. Hi. Who do we have? This is Denise Wright. West Hi, Palm Denise. East, Florida. Hi, Dr. G. How are you? Fine. Thank you for calling in. Yes. I would like to do a follow-up question to um, a discussion you had earlier regarding um, the millennium in the workplace and working as a team. Okay. And I totally agree with um, the information you all discussed that is beneficial for the organization for um, uh, different generations to work together. But it's not always a good jail at the beginning Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, because there are usually some uh, dissension that may be going on. What are some of the things that an organization can do to help bridge that gap between the generations, those who have been there for a while? Because sometimes it's not only... Uh, by age, but just by tenure in the organization for mm-hmm. others to be a part, to come in who may be new to the organization? I think that's a fabulous question, Denise. Thank you for asking it. Andre or Jenny, do you want to start off with a response? Any any brief responses from either of you? 
Go ahead, Andrew. Uh, again, I, I'm I'm a I'm uh, a believer in, in in communication and talking. I think uh, uh, having a, a face-to-face, a real chat dialogue about again some of the differences in, in terms of you know how I want to be treated as a representative from generation X or one from the millennial generation or one from the baby boomer generation I think coming together at the table and and, and crafting some time to discuss you know differences and to talk a little bit about from my perspective what I respect what I value uh, you know what I cherish as a millennial um, is key so I think we need to have some real dialogue about <clears throat> about you know some of the things that I value and talk about some of those differences and some of those points of contention and then talk about you know together what's going to be an appropriate strategy in dealing with those kinds of things as opposed to trying to figure it out or, you know, just having a shutdown moment and saying, you know what, I just refuse to work with you millennials. I refuse to work with you baby boomers. Um, I think we need to have some real dialogue that comes to the point where we can vet out some real solutions in dealing with some of the challenges. So I'm just a big proponent of real open uh, face communication. Okay. And, you know, I might add to that. I think that um, I think that all of the things that we do to help any employee bridge the gap across a difference, regardless of whether the difference is age, generation, race, ethnicity, or whatever, those things that foster inclusive behaviors are the things that we want to lead and engage in and create some space for. And, Andre, you hit on a big one, which is listening. Uh, Another one is acknowledging and respecting some of those differences, creating very inclusive problem-solving processes, and uh, providing an opportunity for all to engage and making sure that everyone feels welcomed, making sure that all employees are informed so that they actually can contribute and um, that they are encouraged to kind of speak up and be willing to answer and address some of the tough issues or questions that come up or some of the day-to-day basic things that we can do to help and create um, an inclusive environment that gets past some of that storming. I think anytime you have that storming space for a team when new people have come on board or when differences are trying to be um, bridged, the question of, you know, um, how are we going to be together, answering that question with regards to what's going to help everyone feel like they have the um, support to contribute um, can be a good space to to begin from. So it's really... uh, echo Andre in saying having the conversation and the conversation is about how are we going to be together and so people know that and it's not it doesn't take so much time to figure it out because a lot of that storming is about figuring out how to be with each other so if we can help our teams get there sooner by putting the question out on the table probably the better off we'll be sooner thank you again Denise for for uh, calling in thank you all I appreciate it yes <laughs> Bye. And, Valerie, any other questions? I do have a question from Megan. And Megan's question is, how do you energize employees who are not interested in change and what some see as improvement? What is the positive response to employees who feel there's too much change? So, Valerie, can you ask that question again? I'm sorry. It says, how do you energize employees who are not interested in change and what some see as improvement, what is a positive response to employees who feel there is too much change? Okay. 
Well, good question. Who wants to start us off? I'll just briefly say again, uh, change is inevitable. <laughs> it's going to happen, folks. So um, we need to certainly embrace it. I think the key again here is to, uh, as we think about change, particularly in the workplace, we need to be as inclusive as possible in thinking about um, what that change is. And, and so everyone should have a voice to some degree. I mean, we, we try to be as democratic as possible in this process. I mean, obviously there are just some decisions which need to be made um, and over with. But I think uh, change is an opportunity for all of us really to um, uh, become part and give voice uh, in, in making and creating that change. So if I can get some buy-in um, from all participants, that change goes a little easier down the road. Yeah, and I think to add to that, some of the things that we can do to hopefully help to um, help others to overcome some of that resistance to change is make sure we're communicating the vision. You know, what is the change about and what actually, what's the vision that we're moving toward for warn people so that it's not a knee-jerk reaction to change, but, you know, giving people an opportunity to foresee what's coming, empathize, um, try to see it from others' perspective and how is this change impacting them and have them give voice to what their concerns are and involve them in the process of implementation as well as what are some of the decisions leading up to um, that inevitable change are just some thoughts that come to mind. Jenny, anything you'd add? I I would add mission. Uh, The organization exists for a very specific purpose, and if people are not there and motivated, then I think motivation to some extent um, is is really intrinsic. I think you can you can go about trying to engage people, but mm-hmm. motivation is something really hard to to give people. Mm-hmm. Great, Megan. Thank you so much for your call, Valerie. Thank you for being the voice of our um, email callers, and thank you to everyone who called in today. Thank you, Jenny and Andre, for being on our panel and co-hosting today's show. And to our listening audience, thank you always for being with us. Please join us every Wednesday at 2 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time for Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Thank you again for tuning in. Leadership Matters with Dr. G is broadcast live every Wednesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wonderful week and make your leadership matter.